the name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a beautiful name it is, nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is, the name of didn't want heaven without us, so Jesus, you brought heaven down. My sin was great, your love was greater, what could separate us now? What a wonderful name it is. What a wonderful name it is, the name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a wonderful name it is, nothing compares to this. What a wonderful name it is, the name of Remembrance Sunday service, which sadly is looking a little different this year. Yet it is a privilege for me to get to stand here in church and lead you at home. Later in this service, Peter will be preaching on the theme, Turning the World the Right Side Up. 
And extra special this week, you might have noticed that we have live music from John Farrow, so thank you. And Andrew Farrow has kindly recorded the last post for us. Finally, a thank you to Aidan for keeping us streaming and John Sanderson for joining us in church this morning for the act of remembrance. And though we aren't gathering in person, we will still share in communion, although it will look slightly different. I invite you to get your bread and your wine and remember Christ's suffering for us with joy. Despite not physically being together, we will still be silent together. We will still remember together. And together, we still have hope for the future. And as we think of the future, we must think of the youth of today. And so we are going to begin with a video from Shrewsbury Youth for Christ. Hannah and alongside my colleagues Becky and Ellie we are Shrewsbury Youth for Christ. For the past 15 years Shrewsbury Youth for Christ have been taking good news relevantly into schools and communities with the aim of seeing young people's lives changed by Jesus. This year has been a different year for all of us but we just wanted to take this opportunity to let you know that we are still out there, week in, week out, sanitising our hands, social distancing and going into our local schools with a message. A message that is needed now more than ever. A message of hope. In September, we weren't even sure whether we would be able to go into schools, but we have been blown away by the opportunities we've had so far this term. We've been able to go into schools to deliver assemblies and also deliver online assemblies. We've run lunchtime clubs and after-school clubs and Christian unions. We've run campfire cooking sessions and met with college students. We've mentored, we've chatted, and we've prayed with students. And alongside that, we've been helping local churches develop their own youth work. As well as this, for those young people that we can't see physically, we've still been releasing videos every week to support them and to encourage them. Why? Because now, more than ever, we need hope. In a year of turmoil, in a year of big questions, in a year of loss, and in a year of poor mental health. What is needed more than anything is a message of hope. And that hope can't be found in political strategies or social media streams. That hope is sure and steady and it is unchanging. It is the message of hope found in Jesus. Would you help us to continue to communicate that message of hope to young people. We've had incredible opportunities in schools over the past few weeks, but there's still room for us to do more. But we can't continue the work we do at the level we do in our current level of funding. 
And so we're asking for your help. In this, our 15th year, we're asking you if you could consider giving £15 per month to Shrewsbury Youth for Christ. We know that these are difficult times, but these are also times of incredible opportunity, and we do not want to miss those opportunities. If you'd love to stand with us financially, we've made that really simple for you to do. Just visit s-yfc.org forward slash give, and there's some simple instructions for you to follow there. If you feel like you can't give, but still want to stand with us, we'd love you to pray with us and for us. You can visit s-yfc.org forward slash pray for more information about how you can pray. Thank you so much. Let's pray for the work of Shrewsbury Youth for Christ now. Lord, we thank you for their passion and energy. Thank you that they are going into schools and bringing hope. We pray that you might provide the resources they need to keep this valuable work going for another 15 years. We ask this in your name. Amen. Amen. And now I ask for you to join in and sing at home with our first song, Jesus, Hope of the Nations. Hannah's reminded us of the importance of the hope that Jesus brings, so let's celebrate that in this song. Jesus, hope of the nations, Jesus, comfort for all who you are the source of heaven's hope on earth. Jesus, light in the darkness. Jesus, truth in each circumstance. You are the source of heaven's light on earth. In history, you lived and died. You broke the chains, you rose to life. You are the hope living in us. You are the rock in whom we trust. You are the light shining for all of the world to see. You rose from the dead, conquering fear. Our Prince of Peace drawing us near. Jesus, our hope living for all who would receive. Lord, we believe. Jesus, hope of the nations. Jesus, comfort for all who mourn. You are the source of heaven's hope on earth. Jesus, light in the darkness, Jesus, truth in each circumstance. You are the source of heaven's light on earth. In history you lived and died, you broke the chains, you rose to life. You are the hope living in us, you are the rock, in whom we trust, 
you are the light shining for all the world to see. You rose from the dead, conquering fear, our Prince of Peace, drawing us near. Jesus, our hope, shining for all who will receive. Lord, we believe. Lord, we believe. Lord, we believe. I'm going to say an opening call to worship that was written for Remembrance Sunday. In a world filled with violence and war, we gather to celebrate the promise of peace. In a world filled with tyranny and oppression, we gather to celebrate the promise of justice for all. In a world filled with hunger and greed, we gather to celebrate the promise of plenty for all. Our hope is in the name of the Almighty God, the Creator, Redeemer, and sustainer of heaven and earth. Amen. We come to our time of confession. We know that God is love and that God loves all that he has made. He loves you and me. Jesus showed us by his life and tells us in his own words that God will never turn away anyone who comes to him. However, we don't always act in the way we should. We know that we can do better, and so we come to God now, aware of our faults and ready to say sorry. Now, I can't see or hear you, so I thought I would use a confession that we used at Remembrance last year, where we use our hands. So I invite you to make a fist. We are sorry for the times we have got angry with other people. Now point away from yourself. We are sorry for the times we have blamed others and seen things wrong in others without recognizing how much is also wrong in us. Close your hand and hold it to your chest. We are sorry for the times we have kept things selfishly to ourselves and not been prepared to give to those who need our help. Now cover your mouth. We are sorry for the silly words we have spoken, which have hurt other people. And now cover your eyes. We are sorry that we have deliberately chosen not to see the good things we could have done to help other people. And then put your hand over one ear. We are sorry for the times we have not listened to the cries of those who are poor, or who suffer injustice. Now trace the cross on your palm as a symbol that Jesus is near and that we are forgiven. May we be brought nearer to Jesus, who gives us forgiveness and peace. May God forgive us and help us to overcome our faults. Amen. And Eleanor has recorded our reading for us. Acts chapter 17, verses 1 to 9. 
When Paul and his companions had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a Jewish synagogue. As was his custom, Paul went into the synagogue and on three Sabbath days he reasoned with them from the scriptures, explaining and proving that the Messiah had to suffer and rise from the dead. This Jesus I am proclaiming to you is the Messiah, he said. Some of the Jews were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, as did a large number of God-fearing Greeks and quite a few prominent women. But other Jews were jealous. So they rounded up some bad characters from the marketplace, formed a mob and started a riot in the city. They rushed to Jason's house in search of Paul and Silas in order to bring them out to the crowd. But when they didn't find them, they dragged Jason and some other believers before the city officials, shouting, These men who've caused trouble all over the world have now come here, and Jason has welcomed them into his house. They are all defying Caesar's decree, saying that there is another king, one called Jesus. When they heard this, the crowd and the city officials were thrown into turmoil. Then they put Jason and the others on bail and let them go. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Eleanor. Let's pray for Peter now as he comes to bring us our sermon. Lord, we thank you for being with Peter, and we pray that you might give us ears and minds to hear what it is he wants to say to us through you this morning. Amen. Well, good morning, everybody. It's a, a very strange experience being in church, just a few of us and, and you all there at home. But it's good to be together, even if it's in this way. Well, what a week it has been. A knife-edged presidential election in, <coughs> in the United States. Uh, the tragic death of four people in Vienna as a result of a terrorist attack. There have now been more than one million confirmed cases of coronavirus in the United Kingdom. And 47,000 people have died, at least the government figures have shown this week. The NHS is now at critical alert level. And of course, we're now all in a second national lockdown, which has led to, amongst many other things, to us, very few being here in church, addressing an unseen cloud of witnesses. And yes, that does include you at home who are watching and joining in over Microsoft Teams. But what a week. It makes me think, and I guess it does you too, how this world is in need of God and how this world needs to know the peace of God that passes all understanding in this storm that we are in. And of course, so it's also Remembrance Sunday today. The day in the year when we take the time 
to remember with gratitude the sacrifice paid on our behalf by the many men and, men and women in wars and conflicts over the last 100 years who gave their lives so that we may live in peace and freedom. And we honour their memory today. If you remember, in the sermon series we're following at the moment, we're looking at some of the more notorious characters in the Bible. The rogues, the scoundrels and the scallywags, as Jeff Lucas calls them in his book. We had a break from that last week, didn't we? We had that wonderful talk from Liz Pike on choosing gratitude. But this week is a bit different. We're not going to consider an individual this time, like Judas Iscariot or Saul, a persecutor. But this time the focus is on a crowd or a mob of people. We find this crowd in Acts chapter 17. Let's have a bit of context. Paul is on one of his missionary journeys around the Roman Empire, preaching and teaching about the good news of Jesus. And we read in verse 1 of our reading that Paul and his companions arrive in a city called Thessalonica. That rings a bell, doesn't it? Paul wrote two of his pastoral letters to the Thessalonians, didn't he? Paul and his friend Silas have arrived in Thessalonica from Philippi, where they had been thrown into prison. Why? Well, look back at Acts 16, verse 20, and you'll see it says there, they brought them before the magistrates and said, these men are Jews and are throwing our city into an uproar. According to the crowd, Paul and his friends have been causing an uproar. But a little later on, the authorities let them go because they learned that Paul is a Roman citizen. And so they very quickly let him go. And so leaving Philippi, they arrive in Thessalonica. Now, it's not a place you would particularly want to go to as a preacher of the gospel. Like so many cities of its day, it's a city where depravity reigns. Slavery is a universally accepted system. Homosexuality is rampant. Sexual permissiveness is the rule of the day. Prostitution and all forms of sexual immorality are a part of daily life, a major part. Human life was cheap and pleasure was primary. This world in which Christianity was conceived was a world of almost total immorality. But in this place of iniquity, Paul, what does Paul do straight away? He goes to the synagogue to reason with the Jews that Jesus is the long-awaited Messiah. Luke tells us in verse 4 that Paul's preaching was successful. And so Luke says, Verse 4, some of the Jews were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, as did a large number of the God-fearing Greeks and not a few prominent women. No wonder these Christians were causing trouble in the world. They were doing something that had been largely forgotten in that pagan culture. They were living lives of integrity and people didn't know how to react to it. 
Paul himself writes to his letter to the Thessalonians in 1 Thessalonians 1 verse 9 that these new believers had turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. But the prevailing culture didn't like it and didn't like it one bit. And so we see in verses 5 and 6, it says, but other Jews were jealous. So they rounded up some of the bad characters from the marketplace, formed a mob, and started a riot in the city. They rushed to Jason's house in search of Paul and Silas in order to bring them out to the crowd. But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some of the other believers before the city officials, shouting, these men who have caused trouble all over the world have now come here. Or, as the Amplified Bible puts it, these men who have turned the world upside down have come here too. I wonder if you see the link here with Acts 16, that verse we looked at just before, and Paul's time in Philippi, the city he had been in previously. Because there too, he had been accused of throwing the city into an an uproar just for proclaiming and living out the lordship of Jesus. The only crime Paul and his friends have committed in Thessalonica was to go to the local synagogue in all peacefulness and point out that Jesus, the Messiah, is risen from the dead. But in the Roman world, just to call Jesus Messiah or King was tantamount to treason. Because for the Romans, only Caesar, the Roman emperor, was king. See the accusation that is hurled against them in verse 7. They are all defying Caesar's decrees, saying that there is another king, one called Jesus. By Paul's integrity of lifestyle, and by proclaiming there is another king, the true king, That was enough to incite a mob to violence. These men who have turned the world upside down have come here too. And so the crowd rush to the house (coughs) where Paul is staying, but they only find his host, Jason, who is at home with some other believers, and Jason is dragged before the city authorities. The mob, the crowd, is all out to kill and to cause mayhem. We've seen many examples of crowds on our TV screens this year, haven't we? Just think of those swirling crowds that we have seen this year. Especially, but not only, in the United States. Maybe you can recall the Minneapolis uh, process after the death of George Floyd. Or you can picture some of the global protests about racial injustice. Or just this week in London, there were anti-lockdown protests. Then if you cast your mind back right to the start of of the year on New Year's Day, there were big protests in Hong Kong. And so on, and so on. Now, don't get me wrong. I think a lot of these protests 
have got at the heart of them an issue that needs challenging. Whether it is an issue to do with race, or the environment, or global inequality. But the thing about crowds is that all too easily the moral issue that's at the heart of the protests gets lost amidst a wave of hatred and ill-feeling. As Christians, we're not removed from the world. And it's right that we get involved in politics and standing up for truth and what we, what we believe is right. But as Christians, our highest priority has to be living in a way that glorifies God. And so sometimes as Christians, we have to stand firm and say there is a better way than the way of the mob. We have to align ourselves openly and publicly with the kingdom of God. We are a people who want to see the world the right way up. As I prepared this talk, I wasn't sure whether to call it turning the world upside down or turning the world the right side up. I could have gone with either title. But the preaching of the good news of Jesus and the living out in our day-by-day -day lives of the good news of Jesus will always have an effect on the world. Why? Because when we proclaim that Jesus is king, that goes against the prevailing culture of our day. Just as it did when Paul was preaching 2,000 years ago in the Roman Empire. I started off my talk by pointing out how the world we live in needs to know the peace and the presence of Jesus. And so you and I need to be world changers. We need to be people who are living in a way that is turning the world the right side up. How can we do that? Let me suggest three ways. Ways that are simple, but ways that are revolutionary. Pray, love, serve. As we lean on Jesus and as we depend on him, God will enable us to be a people of peace and to respond to life's challenges in a godly way, even as we endure COVID-19. And although we're now enduring another lockdown, there are still opportunities to go on loving and serving and praying for our communities. How can we be a world changer? First of all, we can pray. The archbishops have called for all of us to be a people of prayer during this second lockdown. And so we can join in with that call to pray at 6 p.m. each evening and to use the prayer resources that are on the Church of England website. We recently had the 24-hour prayer time, didn't we, here at Christchurch. And it was so encouraging to see all the slots being filled by people, people praying. And then for me to receive your responses over these last few days has also been so encouraging. And Aidan and I are working out a way to share those responses with you. It reminds me again of that verse from 1 Thessalonians, a verse that has become so timely. 
Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. As we pray, we are being a world changer. Because we're putting our trust in God, who is sovereign over all things, and in whom is the beginning and the end. God is with us in the storm, and he will bring us through. How else can we be a world changer? We can serve. This lockdown time is another opportunity for us to serve our community. To serve Jesus by looking out for the lost, the lonely, and the isolated. To serve Jesus by acts of kindness that may never get noticed, but that communicate the truth that Jesus is king. Look out for your neighbor, who may need that bit of help with shopping or or getting medicine, or may just want a socially distanced chat. Let's be people who serve our communities. Lastly, we can be world changers by being people of love, not hate. The crowd were all out to lynch and to wreak havoc against Paul and his friends. But love conquers all because we serve a God who is love. Jesus says, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. That is truly revolutionary teaching because it goes against what the world says. When we live that out in our day-by-day lives, we begin to turn the world the right side up. Remember what the crowd noticed about Paul and his friends. These people who have turned the world upside down have come here too. To be a Christian is to follow a kingdom agenda that will invariably clash with the accepted values and norms of those around us. We're called to be distinctive and different people who live lives that stand like a beacon on a hill with a saltiness that flavors food. At times that might make people angry, but that's the pathway we're called to walk. I want to end by reading the Beatitudes of Jesus, that greatest rendition of revolutionary values the world has ever known. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. Blessed are they who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So let's be people who are praying and loving and serving. As we depend on the strength and the love of God, May you and I be people who turn the world the right side up. May you and I be world changers. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your presence, whether it's here or at home. 
Be with us and bless us, Lord, with your presence this week as we seek to be a world changer. You seek to pray, to serve and to love in the power and in the name of Jesus. Amen. Make me a channel of your peace Where there is hatred, let me bring your love Where there is injury, your pardon, Lord And where there's doubt, true faith in you Master, grant that I may never seek so much to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love with all my soul. Make me a channel of your peace where there's despair in life let me bring hope where there is darkness only light and where there's sadness ever joy oh master grant that I may never see much to be consoled as to consoled, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love with all my soul. Make me a channel of your in pardoning that we are pardoned in giving to all men that we receive and in dying that we're born to eternal life and we move from that beautiful prayerful hymn into our time of intercession and there will be pauses in these prayers to allow time for you to intercede in the quiet yourself let us pray for all who suffer as a result of conflict and ask that God may give them peace we ask God to comfort the families of those who have died in the violence of war each one remembered by and known to God. We pray for both civilians and combatants. We pray earnestly today that children, women and men may become makers of peace. Gracious God, we bring to mind the acts of terror that have been in the news recently. 
we weep with you at innocent lives lost. May we not collapse in despair, but turn to you once more to orientate our world to your peaceful and just ways. We pray for wisdom for all those who have to decide on next steps. And we thank you for medical teams and counsellors who help to piece back together broken lives. We pray for children growing up in violent surroundings where aggression seems like the natural way. We pray, Lord, that you would illuminate the path of love and show them that there is a better way. God, give to people a new challenge, new ways in which to test their strength in sharing power and risking nonviolence. Gracious God, when we see darkness and despair, when the world seems to fill with fear, remind us over and over of your love for us. We are made by love and for love. Help us to shine that love out to others. Deepen our love for you, this world, and one another. Lord, bless this world and hear the cry of our hearts. Amen. We are now approaching 11 a.m. on this Remembrance Sunday, where we commemorate and remember the time that the guns of the First World War fell silent at the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month. The generation that initiated this coming together at this time was the same generation that believed, that hoped that they had come through the war to end all wars. They were people with hopes and yearning for peace. And if we who are gathered to remember today also come with thoughts and prayers for peace, we do not betray them or those whom they so personally and passionately remembered. Our personal thoughts and remembrances will inevitably be different from theirs. Yet, if we indeed dare to remember, the human emotion, theirs and ours, need not be so very far apart. So before God, we pledge ourselves to establish justice and peace, to feed the hungry and heal the broken, to welcome the refugee and the stranger, to console the bereaved, to bring hope to those in want, so that all may rejoice in the love of God. At a time of remembrance such as this, it is fitting to look to the Bible for words of comfort. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. 
They will soar on wings like eagle. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. They shall grow not old as we that are left grow old. Age shall not weary them nor the years condemn. At the going down of the sun and in the morning we will remember them. We will remember them.
when you go home, tell them of us and say, for your tomorrow we gave our today. ever-living and ever-present God, we remember those whom you have gathered from the storm of war into the peace of your presence. May that same peace calm our fears, bring justice to all peoples, and establish harmony among the nations, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We join now using Eucharistic Prayer G. The Lord be with you and also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give thanks and praise. Blessed are you, Lord God, our light and our salvation. To you be glory and praise forever. From the beginning, you have created all things, and all your works echo the silent music of your praise. In the fullness of time, you made us in your image, the crown of all creation. You give us breath and speech, that with angels and archangels and all the powers of heaven, we may find a voice to sing your praise. Holy, holy, holy Lord. God of power and might. Heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. How wonderful the work of your hands, O Lord. As a mother tenderly gathers her children, you embraced a people as your own. When they turned away and rebelled, your love remained steadfast. From them you raised up Jesus, our Saviour, born of Mary, to be the living bread in whom all our hungers are satisfied. He offered his life for sinners, and with a love stronger than death, he opened wide his arms on the cross. On the night before he died, he came to supper with his friends, and taking bread, he gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to them, saying, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. At the end of supper, taking the cup of wine, he gave you thanks and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many, for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. 
Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Father, we plead with confidence his sacrifice made once for all upon the cross. We remember his dying and rising in glory, and we rejoice that he intercedes for us at your right hand. Pour out your Holy Spirit as we bring before you these gifts of your creation. May they be for us the body and blood of your dear Son. As we eat and drink these holy things in your presence, form us in the likeness of Christ and build us into a living temple to your glory. Bring us at the last with all the saints to the vision of that eternal splendor for which you have created us. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, by whom, with whom, and in whom, with all who stand before you in earth and heaven, we worship you, Father Almighty, in songs of everlasting praise. Blessing and honor and glory and power be yours forever and ever. Amen. As our Saviour has taught us, so we pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Every time we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. I invite you at home to eat bread and drink wine and notice God's presence with you as those of us who are in church receive here.
we say the prayer after communion. Lord God, in this bread and wine which we have shared virtually, you have spoken your word of life and nourished us with the mysteries of Christ's body and blood. Bring us with all who have died in combat or through the injuries of war to know the joys of heaven. Amen. I'm now going to say the blessing and dismissal and John will end our service with a final song. May the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, comfort and assure you of his love in this world and the next, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Go in peace to love your neighbor. Go in power to work for reconciliation and go in hope to proclaim the resurrection. Amen. You're the Lion of Judah, the Lamb who was slain. You ascended to heaven and evermore will reign. At the end of the age, when the earth you proclaim, you will gather the nations before you. And the eyes of all men will be fixed on the Lamb who was crucified. For with wisdom and mercy and justice you will reign at your Father's side. And the angels will As the Father has told us for those who have died, for the nations that gather before you. And the ears of all men need to hear of the Lamb who was crucified, who descended to hell yet was raised up to reign at the Father's side. And souls will cry, Hail the Lamb who was slain for the world, cruel in power. And the angels will cry, You shall reign as the King of all kings and the Lord of all. And the angels reply, Hail the Lamb, who was slain for the world, ruling power. And the earth will reply, You shall reign.
as the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords.